0: I have had an interesting relationship with wealth. I hated it. I loved it. I was obsessed with it and scared of it. But Jay taught me to understand it. And he taught me how to flow it. And he taught me how to make money from all different kinds of ways and all different platforms because they're all the same. So, Jay, you are an amazing wealth creation coach. You explain things in such an easy way, especially the topic of money, which people seem to be the most Crunchy and, and yucky about. And you helped me a ton with learning to love money and, and feeling relaxed about it. So why is it important for us to understand wealth?
1: I'm all about understanding any topic, right? Understanding is key for everything. And wealth's just one topic, but it's an important one and it's everywhere and it affects everything. So so I talk about it a lot. But I just want to be clear, I'm not competing with Ramit Sethi or any of these like wealth coaches, right? I'm going to teach you to understand money and understand wealth. I don't want to be like stepping on anybody's toes. That's all. I got you. So the reason it's important to understand wealth is because you can have a wealth of connection or you can have a lack of connection. You can have a wealth of beauty or you can have a lack of beauty. You can have a wealth of support or you can have a lack of support. And so it doesn't really matter what is important to you in your life. You need to understand wealth because even if money is not important to you or business or whatever, there is something that's important to you and you probably have a lack of it right now. So very important to understand wealth. If you don't understand wealth, you cannot create a wealth of the thing that you want. All
0: right. Well, that makes sense because if if you don't understand something, you can't create it. But then what, what does wealth actually mean? Because some people might think to them, wealth is like super big mansion, private jets. Other people, to them, it's just the ability to pay bills and eat and, and not have to worry about the next paycheck. So what does it really actually
1: mean? Yeah, it's a great question. It's good to define what you're talking about. And wealth just means the opposite of lack. People who are in lack or in poverty or in destitution of anything don't have a wealth of that thing. Right. To a farmer, wealth might be a ton of crops. To an investor or a venture capitalist, wealth might be an abundance of money or assets. To a kept bimbo, wealth might be uh, a giant wardrobe full of shoes or something. But it doesn't really matter. The point is, it's the opposite of lack. Wealth is the opposite of lack, it's fulfillment, it's abundance, it's prosperity, it's thriving, it's plenty. Wealth is just a word for plenty. Do you have plenty of the thing that you want? Or do you have the opposite of wealth?
0: You're saying it's an abundance, it's plenty of whatever. Like if I was still obsessed with bags and shoes, then having a closet full would be wealth to me, regardless of my bank account, because I have
1: an abundance of those things. Yeah. Right. Or you might have a wealth of bags, but have a lack of cash. Right.
0: Okay. I got you. All right. This is cool. Good. I'm, I'm glad that we're defining it. So going forward, you understand what, what we're saying? So every time that I think I understand wealth and generating it, I get hit with a nuance about it that I didn't, I don't really understand. Uh, And then I, that I still have to work on. Why does wealth have so many nuances to it that I have to learn
1: and fix? It doesn't wealth is simple or, or it does, but they don't really matter. Imagine you were going to teach someone cooking and every time they went to make a meal, they complained about some nuance they didn't understand. Like you never told me that the grease would spatter on my arm and burn me. You never told me I had to preheat the oven You never told me that cooking things from frozen takes way longer than cooking things normally. Why is there so many nuances to cooking? This is impossible. I'll never get this. I have to learn so much. If you were a cooking teacher or a tutor or a chef, you'd be like, honey, relax, chill, calm down. You're overcomplicating this. You're making this way harder than it has to be. Yes, I left out those nuances because they're not important. Maybe you should get the hang of just getting food into an edible shape and getting it into someone's belly before you worry about all this stuff. People use nuances and complexity as an excuse to fail at stuff. They should naturally, easily, normally succeed at cooking. They should be able to get food from the grocery store to the cooking utensils, to the table, to someone's belly. It's not rocket science. It's a very simple process. Now, they might not be flawless at it or the master chef, but there should be no excuse to, to fail at cooking. All right. Cavemen have done it. Toddlers have done it. There should be no excuse to fail at cooking. The same goes for, for wealth, for making money. A toddler could do it. A kid with a lemonade stand could do it. A caveman could do it. Okay.
0: So but why does it feel like that? Why does it feel like there are things I'm missing?
1: Because it lets you stay in your comfort zone of never building wealth. Just like the cooking person, The cooking student is like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I guess I'll just go play video games. Like the chef said it was easy, but they lied. It's too hard. And so then they're back to their comfort zone. Then they have an excuse to never learn cooking. Right. Okay. And you got to take a hard look at yourself. If wealth generation is difficult for you and you're focused on the nuances of it and acting like they're blocking you or they're stopping you, then you got to look at yourself. Do you really want to learn it? Because like swimming or cooking or cycling... The basics are quite simple, and people everywhere have done it for thousands of years. Right. The basics of creating wealth, it's like provide value consistently to a certain tribe in the market. That's that's it, right? Cooking. Take something, some ingredients, heat it until it's edible. Try not to burn it. And, And there you go. Like you have sustenance. I mean, sure, there's a lot of nuances, but they're not that important, and they're definitely not an excuse to fail.
0: Well- Thank you. I appreciate that. But I think focusing on those nuances after I failed something, after I failed a business or failed to make the amount of money I wanted to make or whatever was a, was a reason or was a reason, instead of looking at where I can improve, oh, well, I still need practice. Oh, I still need this. But not really understanding or seeing where I failed exactly,
1: yeah because you have two choices when you fail at making money choice one is you know what making money simple and i've almost certainly failed at one of the fundamentals or the basics or the core principles i need to go back to the basics i need to really practice my fundamentals i need way more practice i need to get the hang of this this is what someone who failed cooking would do if they burned it they'd be like well i need to pay attention or watch my heat levels or some basic. I need to go back to the basics. I don't think there's any complicated nuance here. I just fucked up. This is option one. Nice. Option two is, oh, well it was a new pan today and the smoke alarm went off today and that's, that's crazy. I've never had that happen before and I, I think that's really the main issue here. You know, the reason I failed is because of this tool and that nuance and this condition and that environment. It couldn't possibly be that I just screwed up the basics and didn't practice enough. I think the real issue is some complexity or some nuance over here. And that's your option too, right? When you fail, you have two options. Blame your personal failings at the basics and the fundamentals and blame your lack of practice and your lack of discipline and your lack of focus. Or you blame some environmental condition, some nuance, some complexity, some tiny detail. And I can't tell you which one's right. Sometimes it is a nuance that's causing a problem. But for most people, it's, it's not. It's almost never. It's almost never the nuance that's the issue. Unless you're talented and already a pro and you've got the basics down, you don't need to worry about nuances. If someone who's never cooked before comes to me and starts complaining about the nuances of cooking, I already know you're lying. You're wrong. You're completely off base. The chances of it being a nuance are nil. You're new to cooking. And the, the real truth is you haven't mastered the basics. Same goes for someone who's just learning wealth. If they come to me, oh, you who I had a problem with this nuance, and I have this excuse, and this environment, and this condition, and this is holding me back. I know you're lying. I know you're wrong. I know you're making stuff up. I know you're excusing yourself from reality. I know that the truth is you haven't practiced enough, and you haven't mastered the basics of wealth generation. That's all there is to it.
0: Well, if you're,
1: if I'm cooking
0: and I burn something or I or I undercook it, my immediate reaction is I can't wait to make this again. I don't get upset and, and toss it aside if I burn it or if I am swimming and I mess up
1: my breathing or my form is crap. I just keep doing it. Right, but what was your attitude and response at burning a business?
0: Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I don't have that same response. Like, I, I burnt my business and and instead of taking responsibility and, and talking to my partner openly and honestly about what I was feeling about other things that weren't even to do with the business.
1: Yeah, but he would have told you, you failed at the basics, you need practice, get back to it.
0: Well, that's why I'm here. Yeah. I mean, I, I realize this, that somewhere along... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, somewhere along the way... That I didn't do the part, the fundamental that I was supposed to do. I dropped the ball. Um, and, and I should have been honest at the time or when I felt like things were not maybe going so great for it. So
1: it was my bad. Yeah, all good. I'm just saying you can handle it, handle a failure one of two ways. You can handle it like you did with cooking or swimming with a great attitude. Get right back on that horse and go practice the fundamentals. Or you can handle it with the, it's nuanced, it's complex. There's always more to learn. Oh my goodness, the environment is holding me back. Like these are your options on failure. And if it's someone who's new to cooking or new to swimming or new to wealth generation, I guarantee you, it's not the nuances that are the problem. Well,
0: I I see that now with our conversation. And I'm glad that I put this question in there. Because actually, I went back and forth with that question because I kind of knew, knew this already, but at the same time, if I knew this, then why did it feel hard to make money?
1: Well, there's different levels of knowledge. Did you know it intellectually, but not know it in your body? Like, was experience and practice? Did you have practical knowledge or did you have theoretical knowledge? Um, It's a good question. Well, if you, if you practiced, you would have made money. Yeah. You avoided practice. I think... My level of practice, like I I can make money. That's
0: no problem. But the amount of money is is a thing. So like, I guess there's some belief in there somewhere that small amounts of money are easy. But
1: that goes away with practice. If you just practice making small amounts of money every single day, what have you made by the end of the year? (laughs) Lots of money. Right. So then your belief gets shattered. So you didn't practice making small amounts of money. You avoided it. Mm -hmm. You could have helped Roy or somebody every single day. You could have found more people like them. You could have helped Zena every single day. You could have found more people like them. You could have practiced making small amounts of money. Mm -hmm. And what would you have by the end of the year? That's why I celebrated and cheered every time you made a small amount of money. Because I understand the basics. If you cook one French fry, great. You can cook another one and another one. If you yeah. cook one burger, you can freeze it for later, and then cook a second one tomorrow. And pretty soon, you have an, a, a giant wealth of food. Just practice the basics. But did you? Not enough. Yeah, like not enough. Yeah, you know? I know. It's <laughs> plain as day. It's like watching someone cook or swim. Yeah, you
0: know, but I'm I'm letting them know, like everyone who's watching. Yeah, uh, I realize. M- where i need practice i didn't practice enough and it's my bad and so here i am as you may notice if you're watching the youtube video with the podcast that we are in two different places so we will be in two different places for the next unforeseeable future for now uh but here we are we're still going and we're still moving forward because i effed up something and so i'm Doing my best to continue to practice and
1: move it forward, you know? Well, we should move the questions forward for the rest of the audience.
0: I agree. (laughs) All right. So then moving on, I've been triggered by money many, many times. Before we were together and in, in the beginning, especially because I didn't really understand even any of the basics. So why? And I'm not the only one. This money seems to be a super triggering topic, for, for most people, not everyone, for, but for a lot of people, why is it so triggering for so many people, even people who who make money and who have money consistently coming in? It seems to be super triggering.
1: Yeah, it's mostly generational momentum, constant exposure, and multiple bad experiences or, or traumatic experiences, micro traumas, these three things. So the generational momentum is many people come from a long line of families who have triggers and issues about money finances wealth and so on and so they, they're learning it in the womb like they're picking this up from a long line all through all the generations and so they're just going to grow up triggered by money and then once they're born it usually gets worse people are oh can we can we pay for the kids i don't know what are we going to do oh honey we can't drive them here we can't do this we can't do what it can't 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 lack 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 poverty 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 whatever. So, you know, you've got the generational scarring there. The second thing is the constant exposure. Money is basically used and talked about and interacted with every single day, multiple times a day. The topic comes up all the time. So when you're bombarded with a topic, you have two choices. Learn it, understand it, master it, make peace with it, or get avalanched by it and traumatized by it and buried by the constant exposure as it makes it more and more triggering for you. It's kind of like poking a wound. If you poke a wound every single day, it will just get worse and worse and worse, infected, whatever. It will never heal. Right. But if you assess the wound and see what it needs and put salve on it and wrap it and take the pressure off of it and keep people away from it for a little while, or you take some steps to heal that wound, you can heal it, and then you can expose your arm to all sorts of pressure from now on. So you're good. You be good with money from now on. If you heal your micro traumas and your triggers and so on with money, then the constant exposure doesn't bother you. You can you can go wave around life and just and in, like interact with money no problem. Some people do this. They're they're fine with it. Right. If you don't heal your triggers about money and don't step up and handle it, then it will continually get poked and prodded by the world by daily life. Right. It's kind of like. Taking your hurt arm and, you know, using it to lift things and shoving it into uncomfortable positions and stuff. Right. The third thing is stored trauma in the body or microtrauma in the nervous system or mental trauma of some kind. We have another episode on this on body trauma and nervous system trauma. And this is where you've had some bad experiences with money or surrounding money and you weren't able to cope with them well or properly or quite enough. And so your nervous system, in order to protect you, just stores or shoves all of that excess energy and excess electrical signals in your body into the nervous system somewhere, just stores it in pockets to be dealt with later. But this can build up and build up and you get like PTSD with money. And until that's healed or addressed, a lot of times people will still have money issues. This isn't everyone and it's not guaranteed or whatever, and I'm not an expert in this, but it's worth considering. Um, because a lot of times it's it's fairly easy to s- solve with deep breathing or somatic exercises or something.
0: You had issues with with this similarly, right? At one point when you were homeless. Because as a homeless person with nothing, like how are you able to, to untrigger yourself in that situation? Because it's very rare. I don't know the exact percentage, but I know that it's very rare for people once they're in homelessness, to pull themselves out of it. And I think the numbers are similar to drug addiction. So like, how were you able to do that? Everyone wants to know, like, why, how? How, how were you able to?
1: I mean, it'll trigger somebody if, if I say it's super easy. But it kind of is. I mean, it can take real effort and it can be involved. It can be an involved process. But the concept is fairly simple. So I don't know about easy, but I would say simple. As in, it's not rocket science or something, right? If you understand the principles, it's, it's doable. And I've gotten out of, you know, destitution or rock bottom poverty more than once. Homelessness was only once but you know, being down to nothing. I'm, I'm cool with it. It's, it's really no big deal. Because When you understand that the economy is built on human value, and every human is valuable when they're born, and they only get more valuable as time goes on, and they're able to express that value out into the world, and by expressing that value and sharing it with others, they can easily reap financial or prosperous rewards. When you understand that, it becomes fairly simple. Right. But the thing is, value can only flow when your thoughts and moods are reasonably elevated. And when someone's homeless or a drug addict, it's super rare for them to elevate their thoughts and moods, at least consistently enough to get out of the situation. And so that can make it hard, but it's still fairly simple and it relies on some very basic fundamental principles. It's just most people won't do it, don't do it, don't even try to do it. They do it, but barely at all.
0: Well, some of the people that I know that are closest to me who do get triggered by money, they're triggered around the idea of, I have a job and there's only a set amount of money that I can make so I can't be wealthy. I don't have the skills. I don't have the degrees. I don't
1: have the professionalism. Right. So um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't. So where's their focus? Right. It's, where's it's their focus? Their focus negative. is on negative lack. Right. Wait. And so they took the power of focus, god-given power or universe-given or nature-given power of focus. This is a superpower and they have turned it on lack and and negativity and how how much they can't do anything. And so then they expect to get out. It's like you have squandered your superpower, madam or sir. Like no one's making you focus on those things. You wake up every day and choose to focus on those things. And yes, it takes effort to focus on something different. It takes effort to turn your head, to turn the other cheek. It takes effort to see a silver lining or start thinking better thoughts. But if you're not going to make that effort, you deserve what you get. You weren't put on this earth to just sit there and stare ahead and never change your focus. You were put on earth to apply yourself and apply effort and change your focus. And you can do amazing things when you change your focus, but you can also create an amazing hell if you keep up a negative focus. It's up to you. And trust me, I know, I've created both many times.
0: Same, same. And even recently, like a lot of negative thinking going on in my head created a uh, lack in other areas of my life, things I wasn't even thinking about. So Yeah,
1: and you had a super supportive, positive person nudging your focus towards positivity all the time. But even yeah. with the world's most superhuman cheerleader on your side nudging you towards positivity, your focus still decides your reality. And that's the same for everybody else too. So yeah. we, could, we could give them the world And if they were still focused on that negative don't, 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 can't, 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 it would just disappear.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, I know going through homelessness is an easy thing to do. No, it sucked. Yeah. And and going through drug addiction and getting clean and, and my whole life being destroyed multiple times over my negativity uh, it's not worth it. And I know like, so in in the, not the last podcast, but the podcast before I just posted the the video of it asking you like, can I just be in my darkness and still get what I want? I even said before I asked, I said, I know you're not going to like this question because so many people want to, want to stay in that negativity and I can't control my thoughts. I can't control my feelings. And it's not, I'm not saying it in a judgmental way because like I've had that same thought, I can't control this. I can't help it. I literally said it yesterday. Like I can't help how I feel, but that's not true.
1: No, you've been controlling how
0: you feel since you were born. Yeah, so how we feel about money definitely affects what we make and how, how we can make more and generate more wealth and, and and to have other things flow to us as well. Because if we're focused on negative Like you're going to get all kinds of negative stuff coming to you, whether even if it's not the topic you think, because you taught me that everything is a web and everything is connected in our lives. And I have seen this firsthand thinking about one thing, never imagining that it had anything to do with something else. And and that thinking destroying whatever else was going on. So thank you very much for clarifying that for, for everyone who's listening. You're amazing, and I'm so proud of you that you were able to change all of that in in some of the darkest times in your life. And and I know more of your story. If if anybody's interested in learning more about Jay's story, I will link uh, on the website. I'll link it in the description. And I will also... I didn't say this earlier, but I'll put the link to the other video that we did about body trauma and and trap trauma. So for those those people who are triggered by this, like, we always tell people to practice. Like, I probably could go through almost every episode so far. And we've probably mentioned practice at least once in every episode. Maybe. Yeah, because the world doesn't practice. How can we, people who want to change and and be better at, at this, how can we practice talking
1: about money in a way that doesn't trigger us so we feel good about it? There's all kinds of ways to practice thinking and feeling better about money, you just have to find a technique or kind of practice that suits you. If someone wants to practice cooking, I could give them a million different ways to practice, but if they like to practice grilled cheese or they like to practice Indian food or they like to practice while the laundry is going, like they have to find their vibe, their thing. So when some people wanna practice thinking and feeling better about money, they will journal. They will journal their thoughts and feelings about money because taking something out of your head and putting it on paper and looking at it objectively is a very eye-opening thing to do. Anyone who shies away from writing, writing their thoughts and feelings, writing their take on money, writing an essay about money, writing something, kind of sets off some red flags. Like, why are you not willing to write out on this topic? Well, is it going to bite you? Is it going to hurt? I don't imagine that you're super productive and it's going to like eat up all your day. Like... You're struggling for money anyways, right? Maybe give it a shot. So Abraham Hicks has some money processes. Neville Goddard has some money processes. Joseph Murphy has some money processes. Ramit Sethi has some money processes. There's all sorts of money processes, money techniques, money methods to change your thoughts and feelings about money. Just get out there and Google it or try some on your own. Google, how can I change my feelings about money? You know, this stuff is basic stuff. Uh, There's countless tips and tutorials out there and anyone who's serious about it is going to find it without me and this podcast. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be out there searching for it already.
0: Right. Well, you have a pretty interesting uh, guide about money.
1: Oh, I have many guides about money. Yeah. I have one guide that explains how money came to be and what it is and why it's not really real all the ins and outs of the economy. So, so you can understand like in, in layman's terms and beginner's terms, what the economy is and why it exists. I have guides on how to make money on only things, but it can apply to any business. It's just eight steps to monetize anything, basically. We have, an, we have a podcast on eight steps to monetize anything. We do. I have a guide on, well, I just wrote a new guide on why it's better to focus on other things than money if you want to make money.
0: Yeah, it's an excellent article. Thank you. We're going to talk about that in a minute, actually. Sure. Well, actually, uh, I plan to put all of the articles in the description for anybody who is watching and is interested in reading more. And one of the articles you wrote, actually, we have a testimonial for. And the person who wrote it said they literally have never read anything better on money manifestation ever. And, and we had a lot of people saying saying the same thing, but the, that, that guy that gave us the test, the actual testimonial for it, and, and we had lots of people raving over that on uh, Reddit. So I'm happy to share with our audience all the wonderful articles that you've written. Uh, and the most recent one, I don't know if we're going to share that or not, but I'm going to talk about that. Anyway. So in Eyes Wide Open Volume 1, our book, amazing book, by the way, you wrote... Your moods, thoughts, and choices influence how much value you flow into the economy. So they also influence how much you receive in exchange. You must master your moods, thoughts, and choices to create wealth sustainability. So can you please explain what you mean by moods, thoughts, and choices to create wealth sustainability?
1: Okay, if I sent you out on a mission to find two... Kinds of people, or two examples of people. I sent you out to find some people with shitty thoughts, moods, and feelings negative, cynical, bitter, judgy, dissatisfied, disgruntled, complainy, all of this stuff. I sent you out to find someone who they're just in generally a bad mood about everything and they think negative things of everybody in every situation, or you know, 80% of them, or something. And I also sent you out to find happy people or a happy person who is just generally satisfied with life and they're good with where they are and they're not threatened about stuff. They might not be in the best circumstances or environment or situation. They might be some like, I don't know, broke developing nation person or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they're happy. They love life. They believe in their creator. they're, They're happy with their progress. They see the good in others. They see silver linings. They're optimistic. They're grateful. They have a lot of gratitude and appreciation. If you went in and found these people, where would you find the wealth? Which type of person would you find most examples of thriving and prosperity? The person who's most positive. Yeah. And do you think that all of those positive people who are prospering and thriving magically became happy after they got a windfall or made a bunch of money and they got the money first and now they're happy because they got money? Or do you think that they changed their mind and their mood and they had a different perspective on life and they had a different attitude and a different approach towards wealth and wealth creation and their current circumstances. And that change in attitude led them to circumstance after circumstance where they thrived and earned more. Like, do you think the money came first for these people? Or do you think the positive thoughts and feelings came first?
0: The positive thoughts and feelings.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: We once had a client who was desperate to win the lottery. Do you remember who I'm talking about? Yep. He was desperate to win the lottery. Yep.
1: And, uh, and I helped he
0: was him. Super negative uh, about like certain things in his life, and the moment after we we helped him and talked to him. And then he changed. Started his winning. Mind. That day he started winning. And for yep. weeks he was winning and winning and winning and winning and winning. Yep. And then it and went then away he, when he got negative again. Yes. One day it all switched for him and he started uh, like he had a personal issue and it started downhill from there. And he then he started consistently losing over and over and over and over and over. And over again.
1: Sure. It's just, so, it's just a simple fact. Right. If you want to create an abundance of wealth. The overall balance of your thoughts and feelings need to be of abundance and wealth. Yeah. You need to be grateful for the abundance of air, abundance of food. You need to be happy with your current situation or your skills and believe that you have an abundance of skills and an abundance of value that you're going to turn into more and more people are going to love it. You need to believe in buyers and audience and everybody. It's, It's a very abundant set of thoughts and feelings need to exist if you're going to create that. It's just fine. Even miserable old misers or whatever generally have abundant thoughts and feelings about wealth. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All right. Well, like
0: for me personally, this was something just like our, our former client. The minute my my thoughts turned positive, things started to flow. I mean, I made a little bit of money. We got more views on, on our YouTube channel. Like, Every every time I just tweak this. And again, it wasn't my moods, thoughts, and choices about money. It was about everything.
1: Yeah, because on the whole, the balance of your thoughts, moods, and choices need to be positive and abundant. Like something you believe in, something you feel good about on the whole. It needs to be like 80% positive or something. I don't know. And that's why I always tell you, do what you love. Do what makes you happy. And if you go against that, you're going to suffer. You're going to create lack. You will not create wealth with that kind of approach. It's like you don't cook food without heat. Like it's not, it's so simple and basic.
0: Well, this is something that I,
1: I really appreciate because
0: recently when I was r- not feeling great about my life, one of the things that I, I did was to focus on the abundance in my life. So Good. I have an abundance of skills. I have an abundance of love. Good. I have an abundance. Um, I have an abundance in my partner, who is wonderful and amazing. No matter what we're going through, still my friend and uh, my partner in most ways, <laughs> and and super loving. Like I, I didn't even say like help me with this. And you're like, oh, I'm happy to help. And like, there's there's just an abundance in my life. And so as soon as I started focusing, it, it happened again.
1: Yep. So, but people have to
0: practice it. Yeah. Anybody who is, is watching and thinks, oh, you guys can do it, but I can't. Like homeless man who was able to change his thoughts and feelings and moods uh, and come out of homelessness. And uh, heroin addict who was able to change her thoughts, feelings and moods and, and be clean and sober for 16 years. So it is possible. You're not special. You just did the thing that he said. Say it. Practice practice. Well, thank you so much. So I'm going to move on. You also wrote in Eyes Wide Open volume one that there's no change in wealth without a change in self. Why do we need to change ourselves
1: to make money? Well, it's like I said earlier, Life, life is a change game and our focus determines our reality. Our focus creates our reality. And like I showed in the example before, if you showed me someone who's like, I can't, I can't, I won't, I don't, I can't, negative, focused on poverty, focused on being cruel, focused on judging others and shaming them and what guilt and all this stuff, their focus is negative. They will not create a positive life environment that supports their dreams. Makes it's not, sense. it makes zero sense. Physics, the physics of it is is insane. And when you have a car and you focus on the side of the road, your your car, you're gonna drive into the side of the road with your focus. If you have a car and you focus on staying on the road and getting to your destination, you will stay on the road and get to your destination. Like this is how, or or let's say walking, right? If you're walking, you're gonna walk off course if you change your focus. Or if you keep your focus on the negative or get distracted. But you will reach your destination if you stay focused. And what's the difference? Change. Sin, change is the difference. Every human is focusing at all times on something. The focus never goes away. So you can't get rid of the focus. All you can do is change it. Yeah. And the people who are thriving and prospering are those people who have changed their focus. Maybe they changed it when they were a toddler. Maybe they changed it after being homeless. Maybe they changed it just yesterday, but they changed it. And it takes practice and effort to change your focus. Yes, all you humans out there will have to apply yourselves and use effort and practice if you want to change your situation. Right. That's the game. That's the game so of life. I think when people hear this, like, I have to change, yeah. they think
0: it's like head to toe, everything about themselves mm. change, and I don't want to change, and it changes hard, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, I, I don't believe that. I, I know change is easy, and, and in the last week, I've had an extreme amount of change, uh, and I've, I'm, I'm becoming easier with it. The practice is great and I, and I welcome it, but there are a big amount of, a large amount of people out there that think that change is difficult and changing my whole self just to make money. It's not worth making money and screw that. But I, I, I agree with what you're saying because how can you have a positive life that you want if you're not willing to change your thoughts and, and your focus
1: and, and, all and it, things. and it doesn't even matter. Like, why would you come to earth as a human being to not change? When you were a toddler, you changed. When you were a teen, you changed. When you were a young adult, you changed. As an adult, you changed. The people who don't change, the stubborn, like stick in the mud people who don't change, they're just hanging on for dear life, like waiting to die. Like they're not growing, they're not blossoming, they're not changing, they're barely living. Like they're already dead. So. Like, whatever. People can whine all they want. Oh, I don't like change. I don't want to change. It's not worth changing. I don't want to change who I am for money. It's like, okay, great. Then be one of the stick-in-the-mud, stubborn people who hang on for dear life, passing time until y- your physical body passes off the mortal coil or whatever.
0: Yeah, my, m- my ex-husband and I had this uh, conversation recently and he used the phrase that he used through our marriage that used to infuriate me. Which was, this is just how I am. And I didn't want to get into it or or say anything, but I wanted to say, like, but you're
1: choosing to be that person. Yeah, and and you're choosing every day. You're choosing every moment. You're either choosing to be the old version of you who was poor and didn't do anything, or you're choosing to be a new version of you that steps up and crushes it. Yeah. Yeah. You're choosing to be the person who sleeps in and whines about sleep, or you're choosing to be the person who gets up early and gets to the gym. It, it's whatever. There are tons of people on the planet who used to sleep in and now hit the gym early. You can either be one of them or not. Yeah. But I don't judge. Everyone's allowed to be as like boring and lame and unchanging as they want, right? I don't care. Live a dull life until you die. Never make that money. I, I don't care. Do whatever makes you happy. No... No judgment from me, no skin off my back, whatever. But for me, I'd rather change and become better, become the best version of myself and see what I can really do here with my years on earth.
0: Yeah. Uh, I wish there was like a little pill there in in your brain I could pull out and clone that and just pass it out to people for them to have that exact same attitude. That that attitude, what you just said, this is a beautiful thing. And, and I know you've gotten a lot of shit over the years from people in your life when you say stuff like that but yeah they get mad yeah they do
1: well whatever the truth hurts
0: you made made a comment this morning in, in our chat about like some people see you as bad but and and it kind of like i didn't say anything but i sat there and i looked at those words for a few minutes and i thought this right there because you challenge people and you and you tell them basically fix yourself, get your shit together, and you can have what you want. And this triggers people to to take take it out on you and call you names and see you in a in a negative light. Not not everyone, not of course not, but
1: but sure, go for times. it. But they can listen to their yes men and the people who are like, oh, they're there, or they can listen to someone who cares and is helping and is telling them the truth. The truth will set them free. But first, it will slap you around. It's true. Yeah. That's why it's the truth. Yeah. So for me, I'm doing it out of love. That's the loving thing, man. They're going to go their whole life and never hear the truth. Someone needs to say it. It takes guts and courage. So I'm happy to do it. And if they want to hate me for it, that's fine. But at least they can't, they won't go to their deathbed and say, no one ever told me the truth. No one ever gave me real talk. No one ever stepped up and had the courage to say what I needed to hear. True,
0: I think part of the reason why people feel that way is because they're afraid to admit that you're right if you say that to them, because or if they hear it, because then they have to admit that they're not willing to change to have what they want. And and even though we're talking about wealth today and money, this actually goes for every single thing in your life. Uh, And so that's that's one of the things that I love about our podcast and. When we talk and the advice you give, because it's never really just about the topic that it sounds like it, it's about. Like uh, you, you said earlier about the OnlyFans page that you made. Oh, it's it's for OnlyFans, but honestly, if you look at all of the stuff you've written, you you could tweak it to any topic. This
1: yeah, is it's for any life, business,
0: any business, any anything in your life, because this is this is actual life advice. Yep, not just money creation yeah that topic is today but it's for everything so thank you so so much i really appreciate that and for those of you who are watching like i said earlier we're gonna put all a bunch of stuff in the description i highly highly recommend that you read all the things that jay wrote on money because it will literally change your life if you apply it all right so What's maybe something that's important for generating wealth that we haven't talked about yet or or touched on so far?
1: (laughs) Good question. Thanks. Normally, I'd say practice, daily practice, hourly practice, but we've covered that. So I will instead say focusing on the goals and desires and experiences that you want to have rather than the money to get them. The money to get them is a step along the way, like. It's going to be, it's going to play a role, but focusing on the money immediately takes your eye off the ball and immediately takes your eye off the real goal that you wanted. So maybe you want to hire somebody in your business and you're a smart human being with a brain. So you, and you have focus, every human has focus. And so you could focus on your life with that staff, You could focus on providing a job for them. You could focus on how good it feels to have someone to help. You could focus on that moment when you fire the email and say, do this for me. And they're like, sure. You could focus on the fun hiring process of all the cool people you get to meet. Like, uh, these guys aren't the the right fit, but that one is. You could focus on anything about this goal. You could focus on clicking payroll and sending them the money. And you're like, this feels good, man. I love paying my stuff. You could focus on all of these wonderful things about hiring this person or having this person on board, or you can focus on, I got to make money to hire someone. I got to make money to hire someone. I got to make money to hire someone. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. This is a poor use of focus. And the reason is because the universe is smart. Nature is smart. Life is smart the universe knows you're going to need money to pay somebody. It's it's obvious. It's a gimme. You don't need to give it personal instructions and say, hey, make sure you give me money first at step one or whatever. It knows money's important and you, you're not going to feel comfortable bringing someone on board until you have a certain amount of funds or whatever. All the universe wants you to do is to focus on the real thing, the real tangible thing. Focus on the experience that you want to have, how it feels, how it, how it looks, how it, going to unfold and and it's going to provide the money along the way like you're good like just focus on providing value to the world focus on taking the next step focus on doing whatever you can to help out it doesn't mean sit on a couch and do nothing it means like you know go try and sell your book or go do your thing and try to make money and be valuable however you can and know that it's coming and know that it's just a step along the way and keep your goal in mind keep your travel in mind or keep your new closet in mind or keep your renovated kitchen in mind or keep whatever you want in mind, right? This is how we use our focus. And money isn't a real thing. Money is a symbol of the economy. It's a symbol of value. We had bartering. That was a real thing. But money is just zeros and ones. There's like seashells or gold bars or whatever. Like it's nothing now. It's just, it's a symbol of value exchange. And the universe doesn't, isn't going to help you manifest some symbol, some illusion. Like money is just, an illusion and it's like a scorekeeping card. And so it's great, you're gonna need that score and you're gonna need to keep score and have that card and flow dollars here and there, but you don't need to focus on it very much to manifest it, to get it. It's not really that important. It's a side effect. It's a side effect of becoming a great human. It's a side effect of providing value to the economy. It's a side effect of changing your thoughts and moods to something more positive. It's a side effect of focusing on what you truly want in a positive way, consistently. And so this is something people miss a lot. And if I was to practice, that would be one of the main things I practiced. I would practice focusing on the things that I want and, and just knowing money's a step along the way. Like it's good to make money and it's good to keep score and flow the dollars here and there, but it's not like a real thing that I'm, I'm looking to experience. Okay. When you were a baby, When you were young or a child, you had things you wanted to experience and you could imagine them and think about them and you would get them. Your aunt would give you some money. You get some birthday money. Money would come and you would go spend it and it was good, but you were never really focused on the money. You weren't trying to experience money as a child. You were trying to experience things and the money came to help you.
0: Okay. So just to be clear, I want to give you an example and make sure I understand. I want to travel in a van all over the U.S.
1: Yes, I've encouraged that goal.
0: Yes, I know. So uh, I should be should be according to your what you just said. I should be focused on how much joy it would bring me to be traveling and the places I would be seeing and the experiences I'm having with my partner and, and, um, showing him things that I wanted to see or, or things that we haven't, neither of us have ever seen that kind of stuff. That's what you mean. Not focusing on, I need this amount to, to buy the van. I need this amount to restore it. I need this amount for this. I need this. I need this. I need this.
1: Well, you could, you could think about the money in your account or you know signing the deed to the van and and the cash register going cha-ching like it's not so much about the specifics it's about the vibe and you're either focused on something good about the van experience or the travel experience or you're focused on money and they can they can look the same it can be the same language like person a is focused on I, I need this much money i need this for the maintenance i need this for the and the other person could be like oh i need this much for the vent va- for the travel i'm so psyched to get it uh, i need this much for the the maintenance but you know i know the universe is going to bring it and i'm going to help more people i'm going to sell more books and i'm sure that money's going to come in so they're both thinking about the amounts but one's thinking about the van one's thinking about the travel one's thinking about the fucking, the goodness of it all like the thing to them, money is just a step. It's like, it's whatever. It's just a step. I'm, I'm taking care of it. To the other person, money is the goal and the focus and the obsession. And they're not thinking about the van at all, right? But they're both saying the same things or they're both focused on the same financial things, but they're not though, are they? Hmm. No, they're not. Yeah. And, and, and they know the difference. Both of them know deep down what they're focused on. They can pretend all they want. But if they both wrote a journal, one of them would be writing like, "I was focused on my dream today, man, and it felt good." And the other one would be like, "Man, man, 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 economy and life's hard, and I'll never make this money and whatever." Like the real private thoughts that come out in their journal shows what's up, right? Right.
0: Okay. Well, uh, so then I, I just I asked the, the, for the example because I just wanted to make sure that I understood what you meant. And so thank you for clarifying and explaining. I know this podcast is going to help somebody. Okay, so in an unpublished but amazing article called I Love Money and That's Why I Focus on Other Things, you wrote, because oftentimes they wouldn't see money flow instantly or fast enough from their first few attempts at value sharing, so they become negative about the situation and fall back into chasing money rather than refining their expression of natural inner value. They go back to thinking my goal is unlikely unless I focus on money, but focusing on money automatically puts the true goal, the true experience, or true desire on the back burner. I feel like that part that you wrote in the in the article that I'm putting in the description really solidified what you just said to us, uh, and and your article the, this article you wrote helped me see a whole bunch of stuff immediately afterwards, I wrote you an email. But the point is, is everything you said is spot on. And I totally agree. And it's funny how you wrote that article, even though I knew this stuff, because we've talked about it before, but you wrote this article, and I saw all these new insights and, and things in my life that I was I was missing. So again, Again, I highly recommend anybody watching this read that article because you did a phenomenal job, especially in a time that most people would not be putting out amazing stuff like that. So thank you. Thank you. So I want to ask this question, but I already know the answer because we've kind of touched on it a little bit. But I feel like someone out there may still be thinking this. So if I have no money... Can I
1: actually make money? How does a kid with a lemonade stand make money? Right. The kid is a kid. They're broke AF. They couldn't be more broke. Right.
0: But they go to their parents and, and get money for their lemonade and their
1: little poster. So you're saying, yeah, but does the parents just like keep a nonstop fund for their business or does the child get like an allowance or one, one hit of lemonade and they have to start making money from there? It's a good question.
0: Uh, I'm assuming that if they make money from what the parents invest, they have to use that to buy more.
1: Yeah, of course. Right. So what the child does is they find resources from somewhere. They do whatever they can with what they have. If it's not a lemonade stand or their parents won't give them lemonade, they'll go find rocks from the ground and paint them or something. Or they'll offer to, I don't know, mow a lawn or rip out weeds or something. No? Yeah. Yeah, they always find a way. Yeah, that's the point. The kid will always find a way to make money somehow because they know money is a symbol of value and that they're a valuable child and they have something to offer the world and they're happy to do the work. They're happy to go offer something to others and they'll take a million rejections or no's. They'll let people walk by the lemonade stand and not buy. They'll call out to them and the people just walk on. They'll knock on doors to rip up the weeds and they'll, they'll let people say, no, we're not interested. They're happy to just get out in the world and keep offering value until money starts coming. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so how an come adult, adults can't do this?
0: Yeah. I was just going to say an adult, they go to the door, knock and ask if they want their mo- lawn mood or whatever, and they get a no and they're like, oh, no, no, and, and they fall apart. Yeah. Because I've seen grown-ass women and men crying because they sent out six DMs and
1: and were told to fuck off. Like, do you know how many times I've been told that, And Yeah, but it's because they don't believe in themselves and they don't believe in the market. They don't believe people will value them. They don't believe people will pay what they're asking. They won't believe they'll find the right customers or enough customers. But the kids do. The kids are like, well, I'll find somebody. I'm sure they, they see my value. I know they like this. They believe, they believe in themselves and they believe in their client base, their customer base, or if they're at a job and they want a promotion, they're just like, I'm going to outdo everybody else here. Like I'm a teenager, but I'm going to show up early. I'm going to stay late and I'm going to be, and they just know if I offer more value, the economy will reward me. The universe will reward me. Yeah. They, They know this. And so they do it and they stay at it and they keep their thoughts and moods high and elevated and they align with value and align with wealth and they keep at it until it flows. Just like if you're cooking something, they know if they keep at it, they're going to make a good grilled cheese. It's fine to burn one. It's fine to undercook one. I'm going to get this. It's a very firm belief in the market and the economy. They understand how money works and how value flows and how wealth flows. They understand that money is a side effect of perceived value exchange and they keep at it until... Their value is perceived and money changes hands. But apparently this is too much to ask of most adults.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I think you like you talked about belief and so many people just have so little belief in their skills and and who they are and and what other people like this for me, I think was is the most difficult thing when I when I coach other people is you have to not like think about what other
1: people think or what other people believes. You well, can't actually, you, can, you, you can't think know. about what they think and what they believe, but you have to think good things about it. If I'm thinking about the market or the client base or the customers or the audience or the people rejecting me, I can think, Oh crap, this sucks. And uh, it's a waste. Or I can think, no, nah, man, they're going to see the value. People are smart. They're sharp buyers. Maybe these guys didn't see it, but I know people are going to buy and I know people are going to see it. And I feel really good about this. And I love every rejection because it gets me closer to a yes. Like,
0: uh, what I meant was what you were saying. Like you can't, assume you know what other people believe, first of all. And second of all, if you are going to, you need to be doing it like you said. You need to be doing it. They love this. They want this. Oh my God, they're hungry for it. They're desperate for my stuff. Oh, they can't wait to buy my coaching, my whatever business you're selling. You have to, if you're going to think for other people, then do it the positive way. Okay. So I have two more questions for you. If someone is psychologically comfortable being broke and owing people money, what actionable steps can they take to start to heal that? Because that's something that's super deep that I think goes deeper than a
1: belief or maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I mean, but what's comfort? What's psychologically comfortable? What's a comfort zone? When you were born, did you have a comfort zone? If a child's born to an Eskimo family in Alaska, is their comfort zone different than a child born to an African family or like someone from the Sahara desert or something yeah, of course, so yeah. what's a comfort zone and if they travel if they if the Eskimo grows up and wants to fly to the, uh, the Sahara, mm-hmm. what happens to their comfort zone or if the the kid who was raised in the desert wants to go travel to Alaska, what happens to their comfort zone It expands and is in, his, in, in... It's not really a thing though, I guess. Well, but they got to adapt like a comfort zone. Isn't really a thing. Yeah. Like you said, and they might have to do some cold exposure therapy in their home country before they even travel, but whatever they have to do, they have to acknowledge. I somehow have a comfort zone. I don't know. Maybe it was there since I was born. I don't know. And I got to step up and find some baby steps and practice and train and change my comfort zone. So I can go to this new place. And It doesn't just apply to physical destinations. It applies to financial destinations. If you have a comfort zone, some shitty comfort zone of homelessness or brokenness or poverty or whatever, I don't care how you got it. And I don't care how long it's been there. You got to step up and change it. You got to adapt and find a new comfort zone if you ever want to journey to that new destination. And there's lots of ways to do it. Like I said, there are lots of baby steps you can take. If you're in the Sahara and you want to get used to Alaskan weather, you could do it by stepping into a freezer. You could do it with cold bath immersion. You could just mentally train with some monks or something. I don't know. There's, You could buy ice cream from the store and use it as cold training or something. But if you really care about getting there, you won't be asking someone how. You know what I mean? People who really care about changing their comfort zones and getting somewhere, they don't ask how. They're so so motivated and so inspired and so into it that they're, they're giving a list of hows to other people. Oh, I could do this and I could do this and I've been researching and I've been studying and I found this way and I found that way. They're the ones who teach us how because they already care and they've already decided to go and they're already on it. The people who ask how are, are the people looking for an excuse. They want to say, oh, I looked at all the hows and none of them appealed to me.
0: Uh, yeah, and actually this question was inspired by a certain fem- family member of mine who seems to have a psychological need not, like it just seems that way i know it's not true to be broke and complain about money. so this question was actually inspired by them because they're beyond comfort zone
1: i i love it if they really care about changing this comfort zone they'll be the ones lifting off ways how okay. when i when i want to get better at league or stop tilting I have a list of ways how, and now I wrote a guide on how not to tilt in league. A year ago, I was crap at it. I was tilted all the time and I couldn't write a guide, but I made a decision that I'm going to get this. I'm going to get the hang of this. And so then I start my research and I start my study and I have to find a way. And, and not once along the way did I ask somebody, how do I stop tilting? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the sure. same will go for anything. You show me your children, like your son wanted to get illusions or illusions in dance. Did he ever once ask someone, how, how do I do illusions? How, 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 or did he go find a million ways and teach you 10 different ways to do them or practice them? Uh,
0: Yeah, he taught me 10 different ways to practice how to do one mid air, jumping off my bed.
1: Right, because the the teachers of how in the world, the people who can answer how, they're the people who were at point A and they decided they wanted to get to point B and they were not having any of it. They were like, I am solving this somehow. So they made the decision before knowing how. They were like, I'm going to learn to cook, period. Yeah. That's it. And now they found a billion ways. Maybe I can ask my friend. Maybe I can't ask my friend. Maybe I have to go to the library. Maybe I have to practice on my own. Maybe I can watch YouTube videos. Like they make the decision to go from point A to point B and then a whole list of hows show up for them. This is how it goes for everybody.
0: Yeah, today even I said, how can I make my, our, our business better? And then I called you with a giant list of all these things that I figured out on my own and and I looked at other people and because I, I wanted to see what other people were doing because i I wanted to do this, I have to do this, so
1: yeah, and this doesn't mean you can never ask how or that everyone who asks how is not serious or whatever, but ninety nine percent of the time, right are you the one percent are you when you ask how, are you the one percent that's actually sincere about it, or are you the ninety nine percent that is just using it to avoid getting from point A to point B using it as an excuse
0: well it's easier to say to your coach or your teacher or whoever I don't know how how do I how do I do this and let them talk instead of the opposite and the teacher saying well how are you going to do this and then they have to come up with with ways to do it and then implement them so, all right. Well, this kind of makes more sense. I wish I would have known this. We had a lot of clients and I was coaching a lot of people who would ask me lots of how questions. So this is really good. Anyway, thank you for your time. Thank you for teaching me this. Thank you for helping me, for helping everyone that's listening. And uh, My last question is the same question I always ask at the end. Do you have any final thoughts that you'd like to share with our wonderful and amazing audience?
1: Yeah, I'm selfish. And I want wealthy friends, I want the people of the world who have good ideas to actually be able to realize them. Wealth is basically power in this day and age. It's power and freedom. If you have wealth, you're, you can do powerful things and have a powerful impact. If you have wealth, you can be free to do so many things and free to work around so many solutions and adapt to so many different things. If you are wealthy, you have an abundance of resources to create the life you want. And uh, I want people to be powerful enough to bring their dreams to life. I want all the people who see a better world to not just see it, but to create it and to realize it. And part of realizing whatever you want to realize is getting powerful enough to do it. When you were a kid, you had minimal power and minimal wealth, and you could only do so many things. Like, you could only impact the world around you so much. Your parents could buy a house and a car, but you could take the bus and do whatever until you got more wealthy or more powerful or built up more influence or something. So, yeah, I want wealthy people around me. I want more wealthy people in the world. I want you, the viewer, to be wealthy. I really do. Because a world full of poor people is annoying to me. Like, I want to build stuff with people, I want to collaborate. I, I, I have hopes and dreams and goals and I want I want to do it with all of our awesome viewership. But that's not going to happen if they just sit around being poor all day. It's not going to happen if they're negative all day. It's not going to happen if they can't tap into their personal power. So I really, truly want you to be rich and wealthy for me, like selfishly. And so I'm doing everything I can to make that happen, right? It's my selfish desire. It's my thing that I want. I want rich people around me and I bust my ass and do everything I can to help people do that. To help them be rich, to live a rich life, to enrich themselves. And uh, the truth is I can only do so much. Wealth is a personal game. It's an individual game. I can help so much, but if people choose to be negative and ungrateful and judgy and down and they don't understand the economy and they refuse to practice and refuse to learn and they won't journal and they won't help and they won't make a list of things they can do and they won't apply themselves, then all the help in the world that I give is just wasted. And it will never accomplish anything. So I really count on you to do your part. And I count on you to step up and tap into your inner wealth. And to bring it out into the world. And to express it. And to really realize your true value. And to make sure the world sees it. And to believe in it until people do see it. No matter what. And uh, I don't know. This is just my my call out to y'all. Please step up and, and be wealthy. I know you can. It's way simpler than anyone has ever made it out to be. And you don't have to nail every nuance. Just get the basics down and you'll get momentum and you'll start making money and you can grow it. Thanks for listening.
0: Uh, And I also just want to add that if anybody wants to ask Jay any questions directly about their situation, because he is the man to ask, he knows what he's talking about, and he's great at this, please shoot me an email uh, or leave a comment in the description that's why our book and this podcast are called eyes wide open
1: keep rising